0: Welcome to the Hillside Community Church Podcast. Wherever you're at in your faith, we hope this episode encourages you. If you enjoy the listen, let your friends know, and we'll catch you next time. Well, we kind of started with the scripture, her children will rise up and call her blessed. And I think y'all heard that I have two sons, 17 and 21. I was just going for rise up this morning. Get up. That's where we were at. Um, They'll be here later. I didn't do so great, and I'm not sure they're going to call me blessed after the way I tried to get them to get up. Good morning. It's good to be here with you. I I love this day singled out to give mothers recognition for the things that they would not normally seek recognition for. Um, A friend posted something about uh, the politically correct movement is to call this day Acknowledgement Day, and my answer was, well, that's kind of anti-mother, isn't it? Having been an English teacher, I would encourage them to hit the thesaurus and try again. I just wanted to look this morning at Mary. We tend to leave her being a mother at Christmas time, but she was a mother all the time, and probably a mother about which we know more than any other mother in Scripture. So rather than just have a bunch of points that start with the same letter, I really wanna just take God's word and look look at it like it's a family photo album and just remember what mothering looks like. So I'm gonna start in uh, Luke 1, if you'll go there, either in paper or by device. They're the same. There's not a difference between the two, it's really okay. In Luke 1, we've got this great encounter with Gabriel, who is coming to give Mary not just an announcement, but a declaration that the promise keeper is going to keep his promise. The world has waited a really long time. Since he initially said the the whole Satan will bruise his heel and he will crush his head, that that initial prophecy that God gave from the very beginning to say, I'm going to win all this back. It may be crumbled now, but I'm going to win this back. I'm going to take this back. This will be redeemed because I'm a redeeming God. This is going to be reconciled because I'm a reconciling God. All of the pieces had to be moved into place, and now the pieces are in place, and Mary is the right girl at the right time from the right family because the Lord has been speaking this all these years, underlying the narrative from Genesis to this moment is God peeking through history to say, I'm coming, I'm coming. And when I do, it's going to be good. The last thing he has said before 400 years of silence is I'm going to redeem fathers to their sons and sons to their fathers, 400 years of silence, and then quietly, potentially in another garden on another day, very gently, Gabriel shows up and has this conversation with Mary Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, Hail, favored one, the Lord is with you. The Lord always calls us what we are before he actually puts us in that position because that's how he sees. I'm very grateful that he doesn't see me in the timeline of my life. I'm not having to overcome my own stupidity. The Lord has already declared a path for me, and what I need to do is come into balance with what He's saying. And that's exactly what Gabriel was sent to declare to Mary Mary, you're favored. You're favored. You're seen. You're heard. There's a purpose for you. Moms, you're seen. While Acknowledgement Day is probably a lame rename for what this day is, you are indeed seen. In the quiet of what you do, you're seen. In the dark when nobody sees it, two o'clock in the morning when you're cleaning up a mess that no human being should ever have to see. You're seen and you're heard, you're not forgotten. And the purpose is great. God's favor is there. If you're a mother by any of any kind... A mother is one who nurtures and puts into place. There's a unique call on moms. And if we'll pay attention, we will find it in little nuggets all throughout Scripture. One of my favorite verses, actually, they're all my favorite verses, even even the Leviticus ones. One of my favorites, it says this, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter and the glory of kings to find it out. As you are a child of the most high, that puts you in that royal category, It's to his glory that he hides it. But let me tell you how he hides stuff. God hides like a two-year-old playing hide and seek. Have you ever played hide and seek with a two-year-old? Moms know what that's like. It's really very fun. You you have to work really hard not to find them because they'll hide like this. (laughs) Because if they can't see you, well, you certainly cannot see them. God doesn't conceal things for them to stay hidden. He conceals things for you to come find them. I like to say it's hot pink Easter eggs on bright green grass, but you have to come outside to find it. You have to step off the, away from the couch and outside your comfort zone to step outside into that green grass to find the hot pink Easter egg that he has for you. And here's what he has for moms. In Proverbs, it says, obey the command of your father and the instruction of your mother. A mother is one who instructs. A father is one who sets into place and commands and and declares what will be. A mother comes alongside and instructs how to do that thing. It's going to be important to the way that we see and look at the entirety of the family album of Mary. But if you are one who gives instruction, one who influences toward the call of God and his purpose in anyone's life, you're a mother. Some of you are mothers biologically. Some of you are mothers through fostering, some of you are mothers through adoption, and some of you are mothers through relationship. But it's something that we as women carry in us. It's the influence that we have. So strong is this influence that when Israel was coming to take the promised land, God actually warned against the women. You know what he said? He said, hey, Israel, watch over your sons and don't let your boys marry those girls because those girls will turn their heads to worship other gods. Our greatest influence is in directing worship. And I don't mean just up here. I mean the focus that we have in our homes, in our offices, whether we are CEOs or we are snuggling two-month-olds, our greatest level of influence comes at that focus level. What are we looking at? What are we looking at as a family? What are we looking at as a church? What are we looking at as a company? What is it that we're focused on? Because we can turn heads in worship. Hail favored one. You've been chosen not just to carry a child, but you will mother this child. You will mother the son of God. And the cards aren't necessarily stacked in your favor before you say, well, my child is not Jesus. She was no less a mother than you and I are. She had no less influence than you and I do. She had nothing else to focus on than the thing that you and I focus on. And her story begins that she's favored. Don't be afraid of that favor. Don't shy away from that favor. His favor is what positions you to take on the call that he has for you. What's that call? Proverbs 22, six, probably one of the greatest and most misunderstood verses out there. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. What is your influence as a mother? Your influence as a mother is that focus right there. But there are some pronouns that I think we need to get straight. Train up a child according to his way. That his is not capitalized. That his is a little h. Well, what does that mean? That means that God has put a way into our children. God has put a way into the people that we influence as women. And that way is a unique way to you. What that verse doesn't mean is, make sure your child does all these things that you think they should do in order to grow up in godly character. It's not about that. I have sat with friends and held their hands as they've buried their children who got old and they did not return. And yet they were raised in some really great stuff and really great love. That verse is about finding what God put into them. To know what you're influencing and to see what God has put into them. To see how how they are curious or not curious. To see what turns their brain on. To see what what ignites that passion in them. To find what delights them to know. Getting in touch with their God-given gifts as well as their God-given personality. I think they're both, and I think they all come from God. As we each have unique uh, unique thumbprints, unique fingerprints, we also have unique personalities. My job as a mother is to observe my children and to see the way that God put into them and train them in that way, not in a different way. I am the oldest of three girls, we are not alike. The things that worked for me did not work for my sister and certainly did not work for the baby. For those of you who are the oldest, I do need to acknowledge in public, the babies of the family did not have the same parents (laughs) as the firstborns. It's a fact, I'm gonna write that book someday. My parents had to see into us Moms, you see into your children to see their way and train them in that way. It's been a unique partnership that I've had with the Lord with my 17 and 21, seeing the uniqueness that God has put into them and training them to see the uniqueness that God has put into them. Because when they are old, they will know that path so well. They will know that way so well that to depart from it is to actually depart from who God created them to be. And when they're old, they won't because it's been so ingrained in them the way that God has put into them. Finish this up and then we'll look at the next picture. And the angel said to her, don't be afraid. You've found favor with God. Verse 31, and behold, you will soon conceive in your womb and bear a son and you're gonna name him Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and his kingdom will have no end. And Mary said to the angel, how can this be? Because I'm a virgin. And the angel answered and said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the most high will overshadow you. For that reason, the holy offspring will be called the son of God. Verse 37, nothing will be impossible with God. Verse 38, and Mary said, behold, the bond slave of the Lord be it done unto me according to your word. And the angel departed from him, from her. You don't know. That's what Gabriel said. Here's here's all these things that are gonna happen and you don't know you've never been this way before. God actually tells us how to get to places where we've never been. In Joshua 3, as Israel was coming into the promised land, God said, you've never been this way before. You don't know where you're going. So do these two things. Look for me and back up. Some of you moms are in the throes of training them, calling them to rise up, helping them find the way that's in them. It can be confusing and frustrating. It can be stressful. It can be one defeat after another, day after day. I know it, I, I get it, I've been there. There are days I wake up and think, you know what, they would be so much better off. But we're growing together as we grow in this thing. I'm learning to be a mom. They're learning to be sons. I'm learning to let go. They're learning to be let go of. It's a give and take deal. But the Lord said, when you're going into a new place, back up. Sometimes moms, we just need to take a giant step back. We need to remove ourselves from the situation so that we can actually see what God is doing. To ask him to show us, where are you in this thing? Show me what I need to see. Show me what I need to do. And when you see his presence, the Lord said to Israel, he also says to us who are walking into new things. When you see his presence, do something. Get up and move, because I'm gonna lead you into it. The next time we see Mary is a little further in Luke, Luke 2. We're gonna start at verse 41, just read this quickly. His parents used to go to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of the Passover and when he became 12, they went up there according to the custom of the feast. And as they were returning, after spending the full number of days, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem, and his parents were unaware of it. Now, I'm not sure what you would stack up against, you know, the, the mistakes that you've made as a mom, but Mary lost Jesus. Just to try that on a little bit. Mary, you'll be the mother of the son of the most high. Where is the son of the most high? I don't know. I lost him in the crowd. I just think that's hilarious. We, we put such perfection on people in the Bible, like they made the Bible because they were perfect. Oh no, you need to dive in. It's pretty funny. It's pretty funny some of the things that happen. His parents were unaware of it but supposed him to be in the caravan. How many of us have done? Well, I thought he was with you. Well, I thought he was with you. I left my 17 year old when he was, I think he was eight or nine. We left him at Chili's because we'd met at Chili's for dinner and he had come with me. So he was leaving with me. And at the last minute, as we were getting in the car, he said, I'm gonna go with dad. I said, okay. Well, dad had already pulled out. So Maddox runs over to where dad is parked. There is no car. I pull out and I'm headed home. He does not remember his phone number. So he sat in Chili's. We got home, we got out of the car. I said, where's Maddox? Richard said, I thought he was with you. I said, I thought he was with you. We both get back in the car. We are flying back to Chili's where I find my son in the company of the nice police officer (laughs) that Chili's had called on my behalf to help me. And he was coloring the little picture, you know, the little picture that they put on the wall. Hi, mom. He was great. But supposing him to be in the caravan, they went a day's journey. (laughs) And then they began to look for him among the relatives and acquaintances. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem, I reckon so. And the nice police officers were sitting there with him. No, I'm I'm kidding. Not really. Priests, close, but no. And it came about after three days that they found him in the temple sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. And when they, this they is Joseph and Mary. When they saw him, they were astonished. Well, I reckon so, astonished. Listen to this astonished statement. And his mother said, son, why have you treated us this way? Behold, your father and I have been looking anxiously for you. We have been looking everywhere for you. Where have you been? And it's a mother voice. I just got to tell you, it's a mother voice. It's not a Bible study voice. Son, your father and I have been anxiously looking for you. Oh, no, no, no. Mary's a good Southern Jewish woman. Where have you been? And somewhere in there, I'm sure it translates. Have you lost your mind? Because that's the other thing that we always insert in there. Where have you been? What have you done to me? (laughs) And Jesus said, why is it that you're looking for me? Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? It was inevitable that I was gonna end up here. I had to be here. And then we have this quick little verse that I don't remember really ever sticking into a study of Mary, but here it is. They did not understand the statement. The word understand translates into putting the puzzle pieces together. Gabriel appears to Mary. He gives her the whole plan. She hears wah, 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 wah. Because she doesn't know. She's never passed this way before. So Gabriel tells, tells her what he knows of the plan. It's everything that he knows of the plan. Here it is, it's all laid out. Here are the bullet points. Mary pondered those things in her heart because she didn't have, she had a pile of puzzle pieces. They had not even begun to fit in yet. Now she has this moment with Jesus. He stays, he's teaching the teachers. She, being the mom, where have you been? what have you done? Well, didn't you know I had to be here, mom? I had to be here. And the puzzle pieces are still coming together. And he sat down with them and he went down with him, and he came to Nazareth and he continued in subjection to them. And his mother treasured all these things in her heart because mothers are the treasurers of the lives of our children. We're the witnesses. We're the ones who hold the things together as the puzzle of who they are comes to full picture. It starts when they're born and it continues through until they leave us. But we're putting the puzzle pieces together. What do we do? We stand back. We look for the presence of the Lord. We follow him into the situations that he calls us into. We watch carefully That's what treasure means. Watch carefully to strictly observe. We spend more time watching than doing anything else because there are puzzle pieces to be put together and God didn't give us the picture. The adventure is to see the pieces come together in the lives of our children until they reach the point that it's time for them to step out on their own. Verse 52, Jesus kept increasing in wisdom and stature and favor with God and men. Stature is something that's in the DNA. There's nothing you can do about that. My sons would love to, for me to have some sort of influence over their statue, but stature, but I can't. I got them as tall as I could with apples and chicken nuggets because that was about it. But beyond that, that's entirely out of my hands. Stature was out of Mary's hands. That was not the thing. But wisdom was in her hands to give. Let me tell you what wisdom is. Wisdom is the last link in the chain that goes from knowledge to understanding to wisdom. The the human beings that we hold in our hands when they're born are becoming men and women of God. They are on their path to be released according to your legacy into the world. And what we're giving them is wisdom, wisdom that's founded here. It's not founded on Facebook. You're not going to find it on Twitter. It's not on talk shows. And as much as I'm sure I would love your mother, it's not inside your mother. It's in here. It's not your cousin's opinion. It's not your opinion. And it's not necessarily the sum total of your life experiences if you haven't matched your experiences to the truth of this book. This word is the source of wisdom. And part of training our children up is helping them to understand this so that they can be wise when they're experiencing their own life stuff and they have to put truth to it. That's, that's part of what we do is put them here. Now let me challenge you in this. You can't take them any farther in this book than you yourself are willing to go. There's nothing supernatural about them that's gonna dive into this if they don't see you do this. Remember, we turn heads in worship. If they don't see what you do, and not just that you get up and get dressed and gather together this morning. This is a great time to gather together. But it's what they see you do with this on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. It's what comes out of your mouth and out of your heart as a result of that. It is that your faith is alive because they see the works that you do. Not that you're working to create a faith, but that it's just gonna ooze out of you. Like Jesus said, the good tree produces good fruit because it's got good in it. You put that stuff into you and that's what's gonna come out of you. Jesus continued to grow in that wisdom. Stature was already in him and favor with God in men. This favor means divine influence on the heart as it is reflected in the life. So Jesus didn't just have favor with God. It worked out into his life. People could see it. People could see it. There is no greater delight than that people see the favor of God in our children's lives when they start to do stuff and walk out their own faith. The last picture that we have of Mary is in John 2 at the wedding of Cana. It's a a curious little, very personal conversation between Mary and her adult son, on the eve of his release in his ministry. And if we're not careful, we will tend to make it flat and black and white and we won't read into it the depth of the relationship that Jesus still had with his mom. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee and the mother of Jesus was there. And Jesus also was invited, so apparently people liked him. Keep that in mind. For children that are in the room, can I tell you the delight of your mother's heart is that you get invited to stuff. We love that people like you. And if you're not careful, we will pull out pictures so that people will like you. That's why we do all that. That, and to embarrass you. It is a plot. Jesus was also invited and his disciples to the wedding. And when the wine gave out, the mother of Jesus said to him, they have no wine. Now, I, I see in movies in my mind, and I see Mary dressed for the wedding, coming to her son with a smile on her face. Hey son, they have no wine. And Jesus said, mama, which is how woman translates. Before we read this in an angry voice, Jesus was not angry, nor was he being disrespectful toward his mother. We have taken the word woman, and we've made it a woman. He was calling her mama. Woman of this day in this culture was a term of endearment. Mom, what does that have to do with me and you? My hour's not yet come, right? And his mother said to the servants... Whatever he says to you, do it. Do you remember when the conversation with Mary started? Be it done unto me according to your word. And in that moment, everything in her changed. And she began to carry what she did not understand. And then what she carried became reality and she still didn't understand it. But she kept looking and she kept standing back and she kept closely examining and seeing and watching everything taking pictures that she hid in the, in the photo album of her heart, watching every move, seeing what God was doing, even despite her best ability to be a mother, misplacing her son in the caravan. Where are you? What have you done? Pay attention, pay attention, pay attention. And they get to this place, and Mary, who heard 30 years earlier, wah, 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 has now begun to put those pieces together. Son of the Most High, I remember that. Reconciliation, I remember that. He will bring peace to his people, I remember that. And now they stand at this wedding, and Mary sees an opportunity for her son to step into his way. And she opens the door to let him leave with the words, they're out of wine. Mom, he says, because this is a private conversation. Mom, what does that have to do with us? Why did you tell me that? It's not time yet, right? She puts it all in his hands. Every memory, every picture, every moment, every promise, every hope, every disappointment, every stressful situation. Every moment she thought she'd failed, everything. She puts it all at his feet. With the words she says to the servants, now y'all, because she's a good Southern woman, y'all, whatever he says to you, do it. Do you realize that at that moment, Jesus could have said, I got nothing. I, I recommend water. He could have said anything at that point. But at the behest of his mother, the invitation that she offered him to become who he was, he said, fill the water pots. And I like to think that as he dipped into the water pots, as the, as the head waiter dipped into the water pots, the water became wine. And as he poured it out and they tasted it, they said, Oh my goodness, you've saved the best for last. Because this was new wine. Apparently, in the life of parties, you you save the cheap stuff for last when p- people are no longer aware of whether it tastes good or not. But the best is coming last. Moms, the best stuff is coming when they step into the place where they are. Don't lose hope. The best stuff is coming when they recognize their way, the way that God has put into them. And they've been so well-trained in it that they can't depart from it. And they walk it out, and in that walking out, there's favor, that divine choice that works out as it's reflected in their lives. And you can, with peace, open the door. Whatever he says to you, do it. Because it's new wine that's coming out of that. We are in the process of making new wine every day, moms. Every day is a new day. My first stint in education was with middle schoolers. I learned that every middle schooler has an Etch-A-Sketch in their lives. And we draw on it every day and then they go home and they shake it and we just start over. But I learned that that not only applies to the, the, the crowd I was teaching, but it also applied to me As a mom and to my children, every day is a new day. Every day we can shake off what came before because his mercies are new every day. You're gonna get a million dollars worth of mercy today. Have you used any of it yet? Have you written yourself a check for any of God's mercy today? Have you spent it on your children? I spent about 25 bucks on my children so far today in mercy. I got 999, I don't do, I don't math. I got a lot more mercy to give out today. You have mercy on top of mercy on top of mercy, because every day it's new. Every day you start over. It doesn't accrue. Use it all. At the end of the day, what you didn't use will be lost. So use it. Take a bath in it. Splash in it today. There is mercy for you as a mom. You don't know how to walk this way no matter how old your children are no matter what kind of children you are influencing you don't know how to walk this way the first step is to admit that i don't know i don't know what tomorrow's going to hold i don't know what answer i'm going to give i don't know what kind of situation my child's going to find him or herself in and i don't know the answer that's going to come as a result i don't know so take a step back and look for the presence of the lord because you haven't crossed this way yet And when you see where he's going, step into it boldly. Why? Because there's mercy and grace to help you. Use it all up. You've got a million dollars to use today. Use it all up. Preparing for the day that they will step into the way that God trained them, God called them to be. That you've just been a trainee, a trainer. I got a letter from my great aunt when my son Riley was born. She was 94 at the time. She had had two sons. She had buried one at 16. And she wrote me the sweetest note. And in it, she said this, our children aren't given to us, they're given through us. Steward this one well. We are stewards. We're stewards of the mysteries of God. And one of those mysteries is the way that we mother, the way that we stand back and look, the way that we trust him the way that we boldly step in, the way that we watch, the way that we examine and we put the puzzle pieces together for the day that we release them into the fullness that God has for them. And it never stops. Let me pray for you. Lord, I thank you for the mothers that are gathered in this room. I thank you for the mothers that have biological children. I thank you for the adoptive mothers. I thank you for foster mothers. I thank you for the single moms. I thank you that in your word, you say that you will be a father so that it's always covered. Lord, I pray that you would multiply our ability to sit and watch you, to watch what you're you're doing, to hear what you're saying, to step back to see where you're leading, so that we can step into it and take our children gently by the hand and instruct them in your way. Instruct them in seeing that a part of your way is a uniqueness that you've put into them. Until the day we can say, son, daughter, the wine that I had for you has now run out and it's time for something new. Let it be our experience that we can say, With confidence, whatever he says to you, do it. Moms, whatever he says to you, do it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for watching today's message. We hope it encourages you wherever you're at in your faith. If you enjoyed it, let your friends know. We'll catch you next time.